Hey everybody, in this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to delve into uh, some college football, the playoffs, who's going to come out on top, or who we think is going to come out on top, who we would love to see um, come out on top. Will Kyler Murray stay in college football, or will he go for baseball? And Giannis, um, was he speaking truthful about his um, desire not to play any pickup games in um, New York this summer, some of the top guys in the NBA? All of that and much more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey, everybody, and happy holidays, and welcome to another edition of Guy Talking Sports. This is E, um, right here, which is always, um, and I'm here with my two boys, Al and uh, Big Ace. Fellas, how you doing this holiday season? Dude, I'm mad. I forgot my Christmas hat, but I'm good. <laughs> Maybe you should run and go and get it. <laughs> Bigger big question is, where is it? <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> somewhere packed, packed in a box somewhere. <laughs> uh, that would be very, very entertaining to have you rock it right about now. Well, I, I will try to find it by next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so let's get started, guys. So, uh, Ah, it's the it's the little break time in between the last college football game and the start of the bowl games. Um, obviously, the big the big money makers are the New Year's Eve bowls, which is going to, of course, cause have our top four with Alabama versus Oklahoma, and Clemson versus Notre Dame in their respective bowl games, all going towards the big game for the big East, for the BCS championship game, which is going to be played on Monday, January the seventh. So, fellas. Ace, I know you're all just chopping at the bit, waiting for some more college football to come around. So uh, what do you think about these games? And do you have any kind of predictions going forward? Well, I guess the TV guys would want Alabama-Clemson round four. Uh, (laughs) Personally, I would love to see a Notre Dame-Oklahoma matchup just because it would be just somebody new. Hell, anybody versus anybody that's not, you know, Alabama or Clemson would be great, but I mean, I guess they're one and two for a reason. (laughs) And I'm just tired of the same old narrative. Uh, I know uh, I'm personally, I'm shocked that Oklahoma got in over uh, Oklahoma State just because the media, everybody, you know, they just love, you know, Big Ten, Big 12 always gets crapped on just because, you know, it's High-powered offenses, no defenses, blah, 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 blah. So I was pretty much shocked that they put Oklahoma in over Ohio State. Uh, But I guess it had everything to do with the fact that Ohio State played uh, a nobody in the conference championship game versus, I guess you could say Oklahoma played Texas, but Texas probably wasn't even the the second-best team in the Big 12, but I guess based off of – record. They ended up being that way. Uh, We all know Clemson played Pitt in their championship game, and that was just trash. And Alabama-Georgia. Gosh, I was pulling for Georgia, only because I wanted Georgia to win so that Georgia would be included in the college football playoff, so that probably would have knocked out either Notre Dame or Oklahoma, and then that would have really kicked up the whole expansion of 18s. But I guess 
the Big Ten Conference coming out and saying that they're pissed that Ohio State didn't get in, that I guess now is starting to become a conversation <laughs> as far as we should expand the uh, the football playoffs. So I guess my wish was granted, even though it wasn't the outcome that I was looking for. Uh, my bottom line is, I guess, if you're just looking at the overall high test that the four best teams didn't make it, but I'm still not pleased because I'm sick and tired of seeing Alabama. And we all know Alabama's going to be there every year just because they reload. They don't re, you know, they're not like for every 12 players that they lose, they got 12 players that could easily just fill in and just make up the, the loss that they got from last year. So I'm just tired. I'm just really, really tired. <laughs> you, He's tired. <laughs> um. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in completely agreement with Adrian. I'm so tired of this. Um, But you know what? I will say this. You know, there's a saying that Ric Flair used to say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And until you get to that point where you continuously beat in Alabama, um, whether it's recruiting and in actual football games, it's never going to stop. And to be honest, I could honestly see ratings dropping because people are tired of Alabama playing before that will happen. Uh, I think that you get to a point sometimes where it's just become you start to there's people that always say, you know what, I would rather see the best teams play in college football to play for the national championship. You're going to start to probably see that dwindle more towards I'm tired of seeing the same teams um, playing for the national championship and want a little bit more balance. Um, hopefully the NCAA, I just don't see right now anybody doing that as of yet. Hopefully down the road something can happen. Um, but I think that with the same four teams, it could be Alabama is always going to be in there in the mix as of right now. Um, and it's always going to be Georgia. You could pretty much say um, we'll be somewhere in the running. Um, between those two and maybe throwing like an Auburn or somebody like that, I could see that that those particular teams is always going to be in the running, always going to be in the hunt for the national championship. Um, until something, there's a balance there with, with the other conference te- um, teams. I just don't see nothing changing as of yet. And to be honest, I'm kind of like null at this point with Alabama still in the mix. Um, I would rather see someone completely different um, because it'll give a sense of showing something. And that's one of the reasons why, to be honest, why I love the the sweet, like the actual March Madness, because even the people, teams that are ranked number one, not always necessarily guaranteed that they're going to make it into the actual national championship game because it only takes one team to knock them off. And so there's so much out there. That's why March Madness is so popular and it's going to continue to stay popular no matter who is ranked number one because it's not always a guaranteed shot that they're going to be in a national title hunt. And I can honestly see the NCAA incrementally increasing um, the college playoffs um, going forward. So I know there's always talk about them switching to eight teams, and I, to be honest, I could see it going in that direction. Well, you know, I, I, I guess I, I will. Uh, I will second and third that uh, motion, Ace. That I think it's not more so Alabama fatigue. I think it's more so SEC um, fatigue. Um, I mean, I think they rank the SEC, you know, higher than 
any of the big um, the other five conferences by by none. So you always have Alabama in there. If it's not Alabama, then you're going to have maybe um, Georgia. If it's not Georgia, then it's Auburn. If it's not Auburn, then it's LSU. Um, so and then you might have, you know, one or two years, South Carolina's in the mix, and they always seem to rank those teams or that conference in their top four to five teams higher than the other, you know, power five conferences, period. So you always end up with your top five having, at the beginning of the season when they do their AP and college's ranking, you always end up with maybe two to three SEC teams in that top five, which basically almost ensures that you're going to have an SEC team in the mix down the road as long as whoever wins, you know, the conference championship. And you might get a team that loses and doesn't win a conference championship rated higher than, let's say, uh, maybe um, – maybe a big 10 team or a big, certainly a big 12 team, but maybe a big 10 or, or, um, or ACC team just because they're the SEC and there's this perceived notion that the top four or five SEC teams are better than majority of the power five conferences, no matter who's winning. So for me, I just would like to see a non SEC, you know, college playoffs period. I don't think we're going to get that unless they all fall on hard times, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But the one thing I say about Ohio State over, um, I mean, Oklahoma over Ohio State, I guess with Oklahoma, they ranked that two-point loss to Texas much better than Ohio State's 20-point loss to Purdue. And I think at the end of the day, that loss to Purdue, that 20-point loss is what got them where Oklahoma got their revenge in the, um, in a, in the um, championship game against Texas and beat them. So, I mean, there's arguments that can be made on both sides, but it's that Purdue loss that just that just weighed them down, in my opinion. So I would love to see a little bit more. They're probably not going to do it unless, unless you get no SEC teams in a college playoffs and then they start screaming and then magically watch the heavens and the gates open and you wind it with an eight-college playoff team. That's when it happened. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but if they expand a date and they allow the five Power Five conferences to the champions from each of the Power Five conferences in, that's five. Then you let, then you let the, the number one group of five team come in. So in this case, it would be UCF at six. And then you at least you would let in two at-large teams. Well, at this time, then you're looking at the two best teams available. And there's always going to be somebody who's going to be complaining about their school should have got in over this school, blah, 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 blah. But in the SEC's case, Georgia would have gotten in. So they would have gotten a second team. And they possibly maybe would have gotten a third team. Maybe they might have went with Michigan out of the Big Ten to make it. Um it's possible that a Pac-12 team, Washington or somebody else, might have made it in. Well, a Pac-12 team would have made it in if the you know based on their champions. So probably would have been Washington. And the Pac-12 has been on the outside looking in for a very long time. And to yeah. Be honest, but to be honest with you, why not? I mean, why even split the? I think it's the SEC, right? That has the East and West, East and West divisions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why would you even split that? Why don't you just have the East and West play for the national 
um, not the national championship, but for the SEC title, and then have that winner go into the actual um, college playoffs. And then, you know, work on the other. It should be that the one team that wins that, sort of like the, the March Madness, one team that wins the, the, the playoff divisions, they're um, in their conference division championships, they should automatically get a bid in. Like, that's how it should be. And that includes the Pac-12, the winner of that division, I mean, of that conference, and all the other conferences that get left out and put aside. Well, I mean, typically that is the case, except for that one year when Alabama and Georgia both made it in. Um, no, but what I'm saying is, is that – what I'm saying is, is that from that case, have the one team, like – to be honest, focus more on the conference championships instead of the actual national um, college football. Like, for example, if you just focus, if Georgia beats Alabama, they're in. You know what I'm saying? Or whoever beats wins that SEC championship is in, period. There shouldn't be nobody else even in the mix of it because it should be focusing on other conferences that are not, you know, that don't get that opportunity. Because what that does is that, like you said, with the Pac-12, it opens up the West, you know, because they want to see their Pac-12 champion, how you know, fare against the rest of the college football. It, it balanced everything out, to be honest. I agree. I mean, I, I to me, that's the, the, the fairest, and I've always said, that's the, the fairest way of doing it. I mean, you do it in the NFL, so why not do it in college football? Just say – the winner of each power five, you know, conference championship game, you know, and then like you said, ace, or maybe take out the at-large bids and just say the power conferences. And if you want to make a six power conference to make it even, Steven, then, then do that. And then you just say, you guys win your division, you're the power of five or six conferences, no at-large bids, whoever wins gets in, you know what, go play for it. Now, the marketing people are going to get, you know, are going to be worrying about bad games, but you have those bad games in the NFL. What they're worried about is a major upset to one of their darling teams that brings in revenue. They're free of, uh, let's say, in Alabama losing to, let's say, uh, let's say Oregon if they won in the first round. So now you don't have Alabama, that person that people are going to want to watch in there. You might get two teams at the end of the day that might be much more harder to market than you're going to get, let's say, an Alabama against a Clemson. Or really what they want to look for is an Alabama against Notre Dame. But but you know what? Even if that's the case, like, I understand what you're saying, but – the fans will eat that up because you're the major, you know, because of the upset value. Like marketing will eat that up no matter what because it's the David versus Goliath type of mentality. And people are always going to root for that David mentality no matter what. So I think that given the opportunity, I think that it, the marketing people – in NCAA, I can see that being like their darlings that, you know, they want them to win, go through all the way. And if they do it, so be it. At least we know that they went through a certain amount of teams, you know, whatever the case may be. But from I still think that it would balance everything out where everyone can benefit from it. And marketers can benefit from it as well. Not so much to say that they'll focus on like an Alabama, but maybe focusing on other markets where other teams would, you know, benefit from it. So 
I, I kind of think it balanced everything out. It would balance everything out. I mean, from a fan perspective, I would love to see it. I mean, I would love to see a David and Goliath and some new blood. I think marketing probably could, depending on who it is, but I think they're they're selling advertisers and selling, you know, you know, commercial minutes to these um, championship games. I think their worst scenario would be to have two teams, which which would be the unlikely teams in there. And then it's much more easy to market in Alabama or Notre Dame, or let's even say a Oklahoma and the Clemson. Or let's say it was a uh, Ohio State and a and a Clemson. It's much more easier to market those than you would get, let's say, a Utah or a you know Oregon or somebody else. I I I will prefer to see it, but I can see why they would not want to go that route because they're afraid of who you might wind up at the end of the day. And what's the best way to market? March Madness is perfect because at the end of the day, it all balances itself out. You'll get past those first two rounds. And usually once you get past, what, the Sweet 16 and you're starting to get down to Elite Eight, usually the people who deserve to be there usually win. Uh, I, I, uh, once again, I agree with both of you. Uh, but college football, you know, is just – it's just a whole nother beast as far as the, the fan base and the the odds of a team that's not Alabama, that's not a blue blood, to make it to say the de facto championship game. Let's just throw UCF in there for an example. I guarantee if UCF made the champ, uh, the playoff and they went and say they had to play Alabama and they would bring 30,000, 40,000 fans strong to whatever game it would be. And God forbid UCF were to upset Alabama. Goodness gracious, you talk about the media hype and all the crap that would be going on with that. But I guarantee that same 40,000 people who sat there and spent five, $500 to $1,000 for a ticket to go to that college football playoff would spend twice that amount to go see their team playing in the championship game to possibly beat a Notre Dame and or or, uh, Oklahoma. So if you want to talk about any any given college football season and the effects of possibly not having a blue blood there, I think just the pure lure of the opportunity of an unknown college football team that's not your typical fan base to make it, the, the, the revenue would be through the roof. And just because it's this somebody that's out of the box that's haven't been there before, I guarantee you viewership would be as high or if not higher as if it were Alabama and or, I don't know, Notre Dame. Just because we don't expect a UCF or we don't expect a Western Kentucky or we don't expect a, a Wyoming to make it to a championship football game, especially when you have those blue bloods that constantly pull in the four- and five-star recruits. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but I believe that if it were to happen, that those fans and those fan bases and those universities will bring just as much allure as if any other blue blood type program out there. Just because of the nature of the sport. Yeah, like I said, that's how it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how uh, we all want it to be. 
But yeah, at the end of the day, all those fans don't spend multi-million dollars to purchase, you know, commercial times for those bowl games, those high bowl games. But at the end of the day, NCAA is going to bend over backwards for uh, Wall Street and all the um, and all the people buying commercial time. And it's much easier to sell, unfortunately, for right now, those blue blood teams playing, you know, those big games than to have a Washington playing at UCF if you had something like that happen. <laughs> It's yes, the fans are going to come out, but it would be it's a harder sell, you know, for people to like the casual fan, I should say, to turn in a watch as opposed to you want to see UCF take down to Alabama. So you're more so watching to see UCF beat Alabama than more so to see Alabama win its fifth or sixth, whatever. Or but if you get a, not to pick on UCF, but you to get a UCF or let's say a Temple one and got in the mix and beat. Much harder to, to sell a Temple in a Washington, you know, bowl game or a national championship game. Teams have come out, but NCAA is about that money and they got to market that thing. But you know what, though? Because at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is people are going to get too tired of the same old powerhouses playing the national championship game. And at the end, they're going to stop watching it anyway. So it's going to be a catch 22 regardless. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If it's another Alabama Georgia game, nine times out of 10 for the national championship, I'm not going to watch it because you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not going to, it's not appealing to me. And you know, it, it is what it is. And there's going to be growing fans that's going to be end up feeling the same way. Like, oh, another Alabama-Georgia game? Nah, I ain't trying to watch that. So, you know, it it kind of – I get what you're saying. The fans will watch it. Alabama – true Alabama fans is going to watch it. But what I'm saying is down the road, it's going to get to that point where people are just going to get tired of watching the national championship game with the same powerhouse teams there over and over again. Trust me, I'm tired of Alabama Clemson. <laughs> Personally, if I have to see if it's Alabama Clemson, I'm not watching it. I would prefer. I. I would pre- I'll prefer to see Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Same. I think I think the majority outside of Alabama and Clemson fans would love to see Notre Dame and uh, Oklahoma play for the national championship. But ultimately, the the everybody believes is going to be Alabama Clemson part four. <laughs> I I truly hope not, <laughs> but you never know. Um, but I guess to segue into that, um, so, you know, there's been much talk about, you know, the heralded um, recent Heisman Trophy winner, um, Kyle Murray, and um, his decision of whether to forego uh, football and play baseball or to forego baseball, uh, which is much more lucrative and much more a longer uh, – Lucrative, less injury prone. Uh, you have a much more long longevity as far as career in baseball. And decided to go and play football. So, so you guys, what do you think about Kyle Murray? Should he play baseball? Should he play football? And if he's going to play baseball, do you think he'll be any good playing baseball? Uh, he's a fool, personally. Granted, he is an ex- exceptional quarterback. And I guess Baker Mayfield put aside any any doubts about Big 12 quarterbacks and their height, blah, 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 blah. But Baker don't play baseball. Baker didn't sign a five-year, $5 million contract. No, I'm sorry, a $5 million signing bonus. Hell, he didn't even sign a contract yet. He just got the signing bonus. Dude, 
Take your five mil. Go play baseball. Go excel. Be that dude. And live your life. Don't worry about football. Football is fun, yes. Football is fun in college because 90% of the time you're playing against talent who maybe somewhat a little bit under par than you that you may be able to excel just a little bit more. But when you go to the NFL, you're, the, you're playing against the best. That boy going to get smacked hard one good time, just like Pat White did when he was with Miami. He hit that corner, and that damn cornerback came and smacked him on that sideline and knocked his ass out. <laughs> he ain't never been the same since. <laughs> Kyler Murray going to take that same goddamn hit, and he going to wish that he stick that $5 million contract or that signing bonus from the MLB and like, you know what, screw this. Let me go ahead and play baseball. So just take the money and just, just play a safe sport. You're, you're guaranteed to excel. You're exceptional talent. Just just be smart. I mean, Russell Wilson is one of a kind who knows how to avoid hits. But even still, he played baseball too, but he was never still that same talent he was in baseball. Take the money. Forget football. <laughs> well, yeah, Russell Wilson got his, got his chance to try, you know, when he got in there for baseball and got smoked. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he quickly, uh, he could revert it back to football where the, where the money was for him at least. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He's Colin Murray is the dude, man. I mean, he, he plays baseball. Well, he's great at football, but he, man, you already got that $5 million signed, inked. You're making more than the head coach of Oklahoma. You two probably driving the same type of car. Let's go get your money in baseball, man. Live that life. <laughs> All I can say is just do whatever it is that makes you happy. That's the bottom line. That's the only advice I could give. Do whatever it is to make you happy. And if it's baseball, so be it. If it's football, you know, the one thing I will say is that isn't it that similar to what um, Bo Jackson did when he played both football and um, baseball at the same time and Deion Sanders? Was it Deion Sanders? Yeah. Yeah. Bo Bo was was exceptional. Both running back for the – for the Raiders and outfield for the Kansas City Royals. But what I'm saying, why not can't why not do both? Okay, yeah. Until Bo until Bo took that vicious hit when he was playing running back and never was the same type of player. <laughs> so but, come on. but let's be honest, come on. Do you really think that's um well maybe he if he does get drafted in the NFL, I'm, I'm pretty sure that whoever team gets him is gonna try and make him a starter. So can't knock that. All right, never mind. Continue. <laughs> but still, no football team is going to sit there and waste a draft pick on a dude who's 50 50. That's true, too. That is true, too. Same thing with baseball. Well, he already signed his contract in baseball, though. He oh, took well. the money. All right. If he took the money, then I can't knock and, that. And Oakland was like, go ahead. We'll let you play for this one year, get it out your system, and then come on home to daddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, he got he got picked number six by the Oakland A's. So, um, you know, if he's comfortable with you know you know pining it down in the in the minors for about a year or two until he gets you know called up, then he should. I mean, I, I don't think at Oklahoma he was really lighting it up, or he was not that phenom like a um, like a Alex Rodriguez was, or a um, or the kid um, Ken Griffey Jr. was, but uh. You know, he's definitely prospect enough where, the, you know, the Oakland A's picked you six in the draft so um, mm-hmm. and paid you $5 million for a signing bonus. So that definitely says something. So um, 
I don't know. My, my my guess is, and you know, if this is my son, I would say go with the baseball. Longevity career is there. Um, you have to definitely work on your, you know, you're hitting a bit more because he was middle of the pack back in Oklahoma. But that's what the minors are for. They kind of get your game up. So uh, I would tell him to go for baseball. However, he won that Heisman. And if he wins, if he wins, and if they win the BCS championship game, I think he's going to 95% go football. I think if they lose in that first game, then it's 50-50. And I think if he didn't, if he didn't win the Heisman and he lost in the first round, then I think it probably be almost a guarantee that he would have played baseball. But because he won that Heisman and everybody's giving them all these looks, and if they get to the, the championship game and win, I think he's going to go NFL. I think he'd be a fool, personally. I mean, I mean, football gives you that rush, yes. I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes and all the success that he's having right now. But I think he'd be a fool the pass up on that opportunity to play baseball, but you know that's just me. It's funny. Who, who's the, the Phils pay uh, McCutcheon? You know, was it three years? You know, fifty million. Really? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and all you gotta do is just stand in the outfield for 162 games, hit a ball with a piece of stick, and just run. He's not that dude he was a couple of years ago. Granted, a couple of years ago he was lighting it up, but he's. He, he ain't that dude right now, so I don't know. They but still got 50, and that's guaranteed money. I mean, it's not like they can sit there and say, nah, we ain't going to pay you tomorrow. Once he signed that contract, he gave $50 million. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Well, uh, you, get cut, okay. you get cut, you still get all your money. You yes. get wave, you still get all your money. Then if you get cut wave, you ain't getting all your money. You go at home and you, put, you, know, you work at an Acme or you work at an A&B or some shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause they ain't got no degree. <laughs> well, what about him? Ha- what about him having, um, like you said, what about him just playing for a year to see whether or not he's into it? Worst case scenario, he could always go after the NFL sometime down the road. Because I think his um, what's what I'm looking for. His ceiling is where is that right now? It's not going to get any higher. And is you already won the Heisman. You lit it up with Oklahoma. You're going into the playoff games, a possibility to get to the championship games. It don't get no better than what it is right now. If you take a, let's say, a gap year playing, you know, minor baseball, next year you know it's going to be somebody else. Heck, you know, uh, uh, was it Tua Tungvalova? Next year is probably going to be the year where he's going to want to put himself at the top of the draft board. Hell, I think he'll be at the top right now if he didn't have to stay another year. But um, if he foregoes this year and says, I'm going to do it next year, he won't be as highly touted as he was right now as he will be next year because there'll be a couple other young gunners that are, that are lighted up and then all the attention will be on them. Ooh, that's all I can keep saying. <laughs> Because even, all right, so let's, let's put it like this. Oakland A signed him, drafted him. He signed a five-year million dollar signing bonus. They ain't talked about his contract as yet. 
$5 million signing bonus, which is his, even if he were picked number two in the NFL, his rookie contract would only be four years, $4 million, $5 million, or maybe a $2 million signing bonus. So over a four-year stretch, he may be able to get anywhere between 6 to $8 million. Whereas him putting ink to paper, he got $5 million. He didn't play the game. He didn't do shit. <laughs> I, it's just basic economics, basic math. No, but I, you got to understand, the salary may not be important to him, though. The money might not be that important to him. And I think it's really just going to be he's not completely sure what he wants to do yet at this point still. I think that's what the bottom line is. I'm not saying that if I had a son in this position, what would I do? But I just have to sit down and say, look, guarantee $5 million, you go to training camp, they can't take that money back from you. You can sign a $2 million signing bonus with whatever NFL team that you're going to. You hurt your knee, you can never play again. $5 million versus $2 million. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid. But who's to say he won't hurt his knee in baseball as well? Okay, but he still gets $5 million. <laughs> he gets that whole $5 million versus he may get that $2 million, and then the NFL team will be like, you know what? Dude, you only gave us three days worth of practice. I want 75% of that money back. <laughs> because Notorious is, is, is dirty for that type of crap. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they with the money. That exactly. is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's just basic math. Uh, but like you said, Al, it may be in his heart where the love of football is just more, appear- you know, more appealing to him than baseball. And he wants to take that leap of faith. Versus me, if I was in his shoes, $5 million is guaranteed versus whatever else is out there. <laughs> it's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> I can get 20 years in, in, in Major League Baseball where I might uh, the, the the average NFL player is three. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I would I, I would love to have his kind of problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> I to be honest, I don't think that him. I I think he wasn't expect. I'm going to be surprised if he wasn't expecting to win the Heisman. Because I think that baseball decision would probably be a lot more easier if he didn't win the Heisman. I mean, it helps that he has a whole line that all five are projected to be drafted. So <laughs> makes things a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> but like I said, if, you know, I agree, Al, it, the Heisman kind of, kind of muddied the waters a bit. But if he comes in and he lights up Alabama with that defense, the Nick Saban defense, if he lights him up, ooh, it's going to be real tough, you know, because you got, you know what, you know, you got team, that Alabama team is like, what, a step lower than a, than the NFL team in some respects? <laughs> so if he comes out there and lights up Alabama and they beat Alabama – it's going to be kind of hard to persuade him not to want to con- highly consider going to the NFL. But if he gets beat out, mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma will beat Alabama, though, just because Alabama's not used to playing that, going against such a high, a high potent type of offense that Oklahoma has, personally. And up until Georgia in the second half or maybe mid third quarter decided to be a no show, whew. 
It was, it was putting it on Alabama real tough, man. It wasn't looking good at all. But Oklahoma ain't got no defense, so. <laughs> Tua, so that's what all <laughs> yeah, as long as Tua knee is all right, he, he should have a field day against that against that secondary. Jalen Hurts will have a field day against them jokers because they can't they can't stop a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying West Virginia's world beaters, but West Virginia only lost by three, and they put up 51. <laughs> so, you know, hey, I still want to see Oklahoma win, but it would not. If it comes down to a shootout, I just think, uh, wow. If it comes to a shootout, Oklahoma might win. <laughs> no, Nick Saban doesn't want a shootout. He he wants a nice grinded, you know, you know, low game. I agree. But if Oklahoma can score in four plays, that'd be a detriment to Oklahoma because their defense is trash. So yeah, yeah, Saban might get his wish. <laughs> <laughs> He might get his wish. <laughs> oh, well, well, definitely, I guess the thing is going to be um, college football is definitely going to be interesting. I know uh, what I'll be looking interested to see. And unfortunately, I know it won't be Rutgers in any bowl games, not for God knows how long, if ever. So, Man, look, y'all will get back to a bowl game. Nah, all, all jokes aside, like, y'all just need a complete rebuild where – Y'all need to have, like, somebody needs to sign petitions to try and start getting, like, actual good <laughs> coaches or something to, to, to come there. I, I mean, personally, like, it just seems though everything is all status quo with y'all. No, what really pisses me off is that Les Miles and, um, and Mac, both Les Miles to Kansas and Mac went back to you know, uh, North Carolina. This goes to show me that Rutgers had the opportunity to get to two iconic coaches and chose to go with a coordinator from Ohio State, which I'm not mad, but Les Miles said he would coach anybody. Why not kick the tires on Les Miles? I, I just don't understand it, but, you know, that's Rutgers. But that's my whole thing about, was, like, right. I was going to say, well, that was a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, no one was screaming to the top of the lungs, maybe Les Miles, I don't think, at that time that he'll coach anybody. If he was, I'm pretty sure Rutgers would have backed up the truck for him. But what's not to say these coaches don't want to come into um, Rutgers? So you're trying to tell me you would rather go to Kansas over Rutgers? Obviously he did. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Well, who's to say that Rutgers even made that offer, though? That's what – I think that's really what I'm trying to – like, the whole thing is, is that – I don't even think Rutgers even look as far as that is concerned. Like, they just figured out that's whoever that they looked at, they was like, that's what we're going to do. Like, not looking at the broader scope of if there's any other coaches out there that might be a little bit better as one to at least talk, go and talk to them, at least see what their interests are. I don't think Rutgers would do that, me personally. Yeah, I mean, that's who knows. I, I... I mean, they, they gave Ash a try. They thought they can get lucky by picking one of the coordinators from um, Ohio State um, to stay within the division for recruiting purposes. I get why they tried to go that route. Right now, it doesn't look like it's working out too well. Um, they'll probably give them another year or two before they, you know, switch gears and go with somebody else. But, you know, fortunately, the football program is – you know, not as top priority as they were probably, you know, some people wanted to be. So you, you're stuck in mediocrity until they decide to, I don't know, do something different. Mediocrity. 
Network works, I tell you. Huh? <laughs> the network works. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's being kind. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Man, look, all I'm saying is Les Miles went to Kansas. And I'm not saying that the number one Juco QB in the land, this, this, you know, committed to Kansas. I'm not saying that's anything. But I think the, the lure, the name, Les Miles, would have gotten Rutgers better recruits as opposed to Chris Ash. And I'm not saying that Ash is doing a bad job. Personally, as you know, we, uh, our buddy Brock that we all cool with, who's a diehard, follows Rutgers football to the T along with Rich, you know, <laughs> I think Rutgers' biggest downfall was sticking with their quarterback the entire season instead of not trying to, Instead of not trying for the, the opportunity to win a game, but trying to throw this dude to the wolves in order to, okay, we're not looking at this year. We're looking at future years. But if I'm a coach, I'm like, do I have future years to sit there and give? Why not give the backup quarterback a chance? I mean, he can't do any worse. But obviously, you know, he did play and not like it was any better. But I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just how much loyalty do you have to a kid? I guarantee I understand he came as a highly talented quarterback. You want to give him every opportunity. But with the new rules, which allows a team, you know, a player to play up to four games that can still rest shirt. If you saw after the fourth game that dude wasn't performing and you guys was, you know, not gonna sit there and win too many games, bitch the kid. Bring in the backup. <laughs> See what somebody else can do. Maybe provide a spark. <laughs> we got a black QB that was from Louisiana, ain't getting no type of burn whatsoever, but turn around and convert him to tight end. I'm like, get the black QB some, some burn. I'm not, not not a race thing, but just give him the opportunity. <laughs> Can't do any worse than the other two QBs. <laughs> yeah, they got – they, they got suckered in. I mean, his first two games, he, you know, he was looking like, you know, he had the potential to be something good. And then, you know, it started kind of, you know, plateauing out. I guess they figured, you know, keep him in there, let him get his lumps. Let's see if he can work through it. I think they kept him in there a little bit too long as far as starting wise. But then again, once you go to your bullpen, you didn't have anything in it that really made you uh, want to, you know, yank him quick. So, I mean, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> like I said, stuck in mediocrity. <laughs> well, I can only hope that come next season he shows marketable improvement because it's Ash's job that's on the line based on his QB. <laughs> next, yeah, next year I I think it, it will be. All right, but real quick before we uh, um, chime out here, talk a little basketball. I know that um, the Greek Freak made some comments. Actually, Durant made some comments. We're not going to talk about those. But uh, the Greek Freak made some comments in regards to the fact that, you know, NBA players in the offseason, you know, working out together, LeBron working out with um, Kevin Durant, you know, sometimes Russell Westbrook and a few other players. And his response, though, even though I don't have what he said verbatim, basically just to break it down, he said that he wouldn't want to hang out and, you know, work out with LeBron James or any of those guys because he thinks it sucks. He's like, because he doesn't want to get on the court and be chummy-chummy with you. When he's on the court, he's looking to go for blood. He's looking to kill you, not, you know, 
I worked out with you in the summertime. Now we all good. So when I get on the court, I'm not going to take it as hard on you because we're boys. He's like, no, I don't want to work out with them because I'm looking to, you know, beat them. I'm looking for blood. So some people were a little bit, you know, scoffed at the comments. But what do you guys think? Do you think it was it was a good idea what he said? Do you agree with him or do you don't agree with him? I defer to you, Al. Um, all right. Uh, I think that, number one, that's the old school mentality that is much needed in the NBA. Real quick, I mean, if he doesn't want to play, if he doesn't want to work out with him, that's his prerogative. I think it works out best for the NBA because you don't have so many people doing the banana boat type of thing and actually want to play against a person because of the level of competition. And they don't want to be friends about it. They just want to, it's really truly a person that they want to be. So if the Greek freak feels though that that's the way he wants to go, by all means, it's solely needed. Because um, to be honest, I like the trash talk. And I like the fact that you can't stand this player that you're playing against instead of just hugging it out after the end of games because your brothers, you know, I'd rather see you say, you know what, nah, I ain't shaking this joker's hand because, you know, whether I beat him or he beat me, I just don't see it that way. I mean, we'd be cool, we could be cordial, but at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be all hanging out with you unless you're a teammate. I think that Greek freak, um, it needs more. I mean, I, I think more in NBA players or in more players in general need to do this a lot more because – I think fans are solely missing that um, in general. Um, I, I know they some some I know some fans are tired of the whole togetherness thing, but you know, no, from the freaks perspective, I, I think it's it's a, I, I'm all for it. I agree with you. I think it takes it back to the to the '80s, early mid '90s, or '90s basketball as a whole when you know you weren't clamoring for these. You know, my boy plays for this team. I'm going to take me and my other boy. We worked out together. Go try to join this team, become a super team. It was all about I'm I'm a player on X team. You're a player on that team. My goal is to beat your ass or beat you down so I can go on to the next level of whatever playoff or championship. And I kind of missed that aspect of the NBA. That's when the NBA was truly uh, – I guess it was a, a bad boy type of a, a league. <laughs> if you want to lead by example from the Detroit Pistons or maybe the Knicks back in the day when they're out there smashing and grabbing and doing whatever to win because it was all about this team. It wasn't about, okay, yeah, I play for this team, but my boy played for that team, so I'm going to work out with that team. Nah, it was all about. Whatever team I play for, and making sure that we knock the block off of the next team, so we can go ahead and advance. And I think the Greek Freak is gonna bring a new level of player for those who idolize him and want to grow up to be like him. Is gonna bring that style of basketball back to the NBA. And I pray that we're 15, 20 years from now when that 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 new wave comes in and we're able to see that and we can, you know, take flashbacks to, to the 90s when, yeah, now this reminds me of the style of play, the style of the NBA that we are used to and accustomed to. And I can only hope that it gets back to that, that type of a level. I hope that more players agree with the Greek freak more so than players agree with LeBron or and or, I don't know, 
it's, it's always seems like it was a LeBron thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's always about LeBron and bringing players that he likes with him. You know, I don't see like a lot of other players coming out and saying that, you know, whatever. If they do it, it's behind closed doors. But maybe because it's just LeBron. I don't know. But either way, I wanted to be like how the Greek freak talks about it. <laughs> I loved the comment from start to finish. I am in complete agreement. He was over there in Europe, so he didn't have to play up, you know, AAU ball and McDonald's games and all of the stuff and summer game stuff. So he's not always seeing all these guys all the time. He's like, hell, why do I got to sit there and play pickup games with you in New York with you and the rest of these cats? And like you said, be buddy-buddy with you in the summertime, then a couple of months of playing against you. Oh, squash all that. He says, I ain't trying to be friends with you. I'm trying to, when I go on the court, I'm trying to come at you, and I'm trying to, you know, not literally, but I'm trying to kill you. It ain't going to be like, oh, remember what we did in the summertime? Remember we was hanging out in the clubs, you know, tossing up, you know, bills? Screw that. When I go on the court, I'm coming at you every play. Like you said, Ace, that's like us. We grew up in the, you know, early 90s basketball, late 80s, early 90s, you know, with the Bad Boy Pistons, with the New York Knicks. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas wasn't playing pickup games with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen in the summertime and then playing them that season, knowing they're going to be meeting them in the Eastern Conference. You damn sure have the Knicks. You sure should have having the Knicks. You wasn't having Pat, Oakley, you know, uh, Mason, you know, playing pickup games with Jordan and Scottie and all the rest of them cats. <laughs> when they came to play, they played, they played hard, and they had some good fouls. They weren't trying to, you know, hurt anybody, but I agree with you, Al. That's what's a little bit missing in the game. Right now, it's a lot of a lot of kumbaya. I'm not going to say it's all LeBron James' fault, but the teams that he seems to cannot really get by initially are the teams that say, fuck you, I am not your friend, and I'm here to kick your ass. Case be closed. Exactly. And that was the Boston Celtics, Kevin Garnett, who told LeBron, who told him, fuck you. And then it's been right now, it's, well, Dallas Mavericks, they just outgunned them. But right now you have the Golden State Warriors. I was all good with Draymond Green until he showed up on LeBron James' little, you know, you know, thing on HBO. Barbershop. <laughs> Barbershop. But he called him the B-word in the playoffs. And I say, good, call him that because he is. But neither here nor there. I agree with everything that Yana said. And it was refreshing. And I'm all for it. Yes, I, and I hope there's more. It, it was almost kind of, uh, I'm not saying it was disturbing, but Devin Booker came out and said, you know, I want to have my my trio come play with me, but I want players to come to Phoenix to be with me as opposed to me leaving to go somewhere else. I was like, come on, Devin. I was like, dude, blaze your own, blaze your own path. Don't, don't try to be like all these other jokers and try to get another talented player. Let the draft speak for itself. And it's yourself. You got DeAndre. Uh, you got uh, Aiton. Uh, Aiton. I was going to say Aikens. I know that was all right. You got Aiton. <laughs> you got Booker. You guys are sticking up the place again. So you, you're probably going to get another high draft pick. Now you got your big three. Work it out. Make it work. You know, don't try to you know lure somebody else in to try to make it because it doesn't have to be that way. Oklahoma had it. They did it organically had four top players, but you just couldn't all get along, and they, eventually they all had to dissolve. But if they learned how to get along, 
who knows where they might be right now. Maybe there wouldn't be any Golden State because they would be dominating the West. No, 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 no. no. With OKC, that wasn't – that was all management. That was all ownership. That's because ownership didn't want to pay the money – give the money to James Harden, so, who was the sixth man. So they said, you know what? We're not going to pay you that much money, so we're going to end up trading you. When they made that trade, that dissolved the whole Oklahoma City team because if they would have kept James Harden and paid him his money, they would be world champions. Maybe it's once or twice, but they would have been world champions. So that's all management. The owner, he didn't do – he should have kept them, bottom line. But then what do you say about uh, the big – um, Ibaka, Ibaka, yeah, Ibaka. They all they, they he could have kept and paid. He could have kept and paid all four of them if he really wanted to. Like it could have balanced out. Like the only problem, I think that if he didn't trade James Harden, I think that Ibaka would have been okay with the money that he was making as long as they was winning and continuing to win. It was more more about James Harden and not paying them the money that he deserve at that point. But, but go ahead. But at the time, wasn't Harden and Westbrook both considered twos? So yes. was that part of the problem? So it's not like no. they were No no what it was he, like Harden would have accepted this he would have kept the role where he was. They just never offered him the money. That's I mean bottom line. Like he would have stayed in his six man role. He would have been happy as long as they're winning and winning championships. Eventually they'll probably would have groomed him into the starting lineup. But you know, it would have been um Russell at the point and Harden at the shooting guard. So it could have groomed them to become an actual shooting guard and an actual starter. But the point of everything was bottom line, they didn't want to pay James Harden the James Harden money that he was asking for. And now they're regretting that <laughs> decision, obviously. Yeah, I mean that 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 had the potential of being something really great. I mean, that would have been the Golden State. Yeah, yeah, they they wouldn't have been no Golden State. I mean, granted, they would have been Golden State, but they wouldn't be able to get through OKC. Yeah, they wouldn't. Have, yeah, they would have been the the like the top four right there. Like it wouldn't have been Curry, um, Thompson, Durant, Draymond. It would have been Russell, Harden. Durant and Ibaka, or even Steve Adams in a change one of the two. Yeah. I think that I would have loved to have saw that. I think you saw the potentials of it when they played uh when it, when they played LeBron in the in the finals that one year. I think mm-hmm. that Harden had a bad series which really cost him in the end. Um I think I wish they could have paid him, but I think down the road their games, especially Harden and Westbrook games, would have clashed more so than with Durant because they both need to have the ball in their hands to be more ball dominant. And I think over time that would have clashed with them starting. Somebody would have had to be on the bench and it wasn't going to be Westbrook. So, but I would have loved to saw it. Yeah. <laughs> well, fellas, it's about that time. So we went over a little bit, but um, you know, as always, you know, you get talking about sports and talking about stuff. You just, time just keeps on ticking. As the song says. So uh, at this point, guys, uh, let them know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. 
And you used to be able to find me on the east end of Plainfield back in the day, but not so much more. <laughs> but now these days, you can find me on the gram and the Twitter at J.E. Ross, the number seven. Pimpin' and profiling. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, you know, I hope everyone enjoys their holidays. You know, Christmas is right around the corner. So um, we appreciate everybody for um, tuning in and listening to us, you know, not just on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but throughout the whole year. And uh, we definitely look to uh, do more the following year and, you know, have a little more special stuff. So uh, as always, one of the guys says, thank you, love, peace, and soul. God bless everybody. Have a good one.